0: Camera. I'll peace do whatever anything. I need to fucking do to get peace. Whether I need to kill every man, woman, and child available. Do you understand me? I am a hero. I am a hero. I am a hundred percent a patriotic hero. And also, I have like a massive, gigantic, you know. Ah. <laughs> Magic. also. Uh, yeah, we forgot that. Magic. <laughs> <ba, ba>, <laughs> Welcome everyone
1: to the Cinemagic podcast for another great week. And no, no, we're not going to kill any of you. Uh, Unless you piss us off. off and you, and
0: if you threaten peace, if you threaten the peaceful balance of things, Jonathan and I are going to come to your house and we're going to get you. And if you're a butterfly person... And you know what I mean by that? Like, if you collect butterflies or kahoot with butterflies in any way, shape, or form, we're going to get you. And we both know judo. So, do not challenge the fucking order.
1: Wait a second. Amy collects butterflies.
0: Oh, my God. You know what you have to do. False coming
1: from within the house. (laughs) (laughs) Within the house of the CineMagic Podcast. That's Rick (laughs) Acevedo. Amy, I didn't mean
0: any of that. It's all Jonathan.
1: <laughs> we're coming at you for another great week of this podcast, Woo! and I'm ready smiling because we get to talk about something I honestly really enjoy, and that's the new Peacemaker series on HBO Max.
0: I I have to, you know, um, so I didn't know that the Peacemaker show was. I knew that they were going to do something with Peacemaker. And if you watched Suicide Squad, you knew that that character was alive. They were going to do something with him. I didn't know that they were actually going to have a series with him instead of a franchise. I just hadn't been keeping up on that end. So when I saw it, I was pleasantly surprised and then eager for a number of reasons. None of which are what people might think they are about Peacemaker. So... I don't know about you when you it, like when you were a kid, but when I was a kid, like a lot of TV shows, I would get amped up just on the opening. And holy shit did this deliver. Dude, yes. I've been trying to learn every fucking dance step. Like every dance step. Like I downloaded the song and you know, sometimes when I'm feeling like a little down, I try to do the fucking dance. And if I didn't have gout and arthritis at the same fucking time, I would have some of those moves mastered to, like, a science.
1: I I have to get you – I have to agree with you. If you haven't seen the series Peacemaker yet, it's the new HBO Max – uh, an HBO Max series. I don't know why I can't talk to that. Uh, I'm so excited. But the HBO Max series is Star's Peacemaker from Suicide Squad, as Rick said. Uh, and the opening, which you can find on YouTube right now, is amazing. It oh my is God. literally amazing. I agree with you, Rick. I sat there in awe. I was like, are they are – they, They're doing this with a straight face, and it is just amazing as the cast of characters just come out and give you the best 80s retro dance sequence in the hall that I've seen in a very long time.
0: I gotta be honest with you, man. At one point, like, so they released the first three episodes, and I think that this is probably something that they're going to be doing with all their DC series and HBO Max at some point or another. But they they were doing this really cool thing where... um, you know, they, they released the first three episodes, so you got a chance to really get familiarized within a day. And I think that's a lot better, honestly, for me, because I love that shit. I really do. Um, I'm a fan of the whole series dropping. But that's just yeah, you know. I was, but it just seemed like everyone just stopped doing that with the exception of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I never understood why they stopped doing that in other networks because I'm like, fucking drop it, man. I want to see the whole damn thing. Just give me the whole yep. thing. So... But the one thing I was like, the first thing that I said when I saw the opening, I was like, this is James Gunn at his motherfucking best. If you saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you'll know what I'm referring to with that closing like David Hasselhoff song, where you see them all like dancing. And like, if you see the music videos, like the 70s video, where you see like, batista wearing like shiny pants and platform shoes like this big muscled up dude playing i mean it's just james gone like hey man it's fun let's make it fun let's not take it seriously to me this is like a less serious version of doom patrol and i say less serious because doom patrol has great humor in it but it yes. has its spots where it gets dark and serious, and this kind of does too, but to a lesser extent. So it's super, yeah, yeah. super light, and I fucking I love that. You, you know, like... I
1: agree with you. And Doom Patrol is my other favorite DCEU series. I love Doom Patrol. Yeah, because fuck I Titans, man. I cannot
0: stand Titans. You know.
1: Yeah, it's a Doom Patrol favorite series. It's outstanding, uh, and this feels like an actual comedy. Where Doom Patrols a like, very dark comedy and i say the comedy's light and doom patrol but the heart is everywhere and this one it has heart but it is funny i find myself actually really laughing during peacemaker and finding characters who i didn't think i would like that i love and they make me laugh and smile and that opening theme song encompasses i think the humor and the tone that peacemaker is because peacemaker comes out that serious space And then just starts doing
0: the dance. Yeah, I mean, and he's a big dude, too. Like, John Cena's, like, easily 250 pounds of just straight muscle. So you see this muscled-up dude, right, doing this dance with such commitment. Like, here's what really stands out to me. The commitment. The fucking commitment that he puts into that dance.
1: Yes.
0: Holy shit. I was like, oh, my God. This is amazing. And what I found myself doing, because I said that I get amped up for opening, like, I love opening sequences. When they're done right, I love opening sequences. You see this um, dance sequence, and you start kind of pinpointing, because they all have, like, different moves. You know, like, the old man does the little spinny thing. The dude, um, Jaleel, does, like, the thing with with the mop. Like, And these are all, obviously, key characters in the series, but... I love the fact that I found myself out there, like, hmm. Let me observe this. Who's doing Who's doing the dance the best? And I, um, the girl that plays Amanda Waller's daughter's girlfriend. I mean, her fucking moves are scary good. I'll say that right off the bat. Like, I love her dance. Like, and she does a little flip off, like no, I, real brief. Like, you have to be paying close attention. Like, this is how much I geeked out for that opening. And then, um, the thing with, uh, with Robert Patrick, who's older now, and he does this, like, really brief, like, gyration move, and you're like, holy shit, I did not know that, you know, the Terminator, like, the other, the bad Terminator could do this good of a move 30 years after his prime. Like, this dude is fucking, like, he can move. (laughs) You know? (laughs) so i, I fuck it i just the intro alone bro I knew that I was gonna love it and, and that's saying something because to me um in the in the film and I don't know about you but i found myself like i like peacemaker at first because he was just such a like keen like he has such a key, like keen lack of self-awareness yeah but then and, and you know a building falls almost, and the minute you see him it's like Holy shit, he's going to come back. He's going to be worse. And then they give you this. And it's like, you left me a beautiful present under the tree. And now I want to unwrap it every day.
1: I, and I agree. I I was afraid coming in. because I enjoyed John Cena's Suicide Squad. I enjoyed that okay. whole movie. Yeah. But I thought Peacemaker was a douche in the movie. I was like, oh, oh he is. I don't is. know if I want to watch a whole movie of a douche. And when I saw the series, they're like, oh, yeah, he's a douche. And we're just going to give it to you as a
0: douche. And I, and <laughs> but we're going to love you for your douchiness because it's weird. Like, he's totally lacking in self-awareness. But at the same time, it's like every time he smokes up, he becomes totally self-aware. Yeah. When he's it, alone. It's, it's,
1: and I like that they kept his personality and didn't really change it for his like no. series or try to immediately redeem him and make him different like it's an act nothing. It is straight the peacemaker he saw suicide
0: squad. They made him bigger too because he had like the comet the Ford Comet with the American flag on it. I mean, this dude is like <clears throat> but then as a sort of balance they add the one thing that I honestly was not fucking expecting. And every time I see this character, I die. It, it, I mean, I completely die laughing my ass off. Vigilante. Holy shit. That guy is such a counter. Complete yeah, counter. And, and Douche by the way, spoilers, also.
1: everyone. By the way, spoilers, everyone. Yeah. So I just... Yeah, that, because we're just going to say, go see it, obviously we loved it, go and see it, so spoiler. See it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Vigilante, I was afraid of Vigilante, I was like, I'm not going to like this Vigilante character, but I start loving him more and more, and by episode four, I'm like, I was rooting for Vigilante in the prison. I'm literally <laughs> like, clapping and rooting for him in the prison. I was like, go ahead, Vigilante, you my new favorite, and this is someone I thought I was going to hate. And I ended up loving Vigilante, and I agree with you as the good counterpoint. They're both socially awkward and douches, but um, Vigilante is a douche in a totally different way. And they both have like heart and redeeming qualities that I really like. Yeah, I, I they're they're like.
0: like heartwarming characters because clearly they're socially awkward uh, dudes. Like they're yeah. like they definitely would be friends in a playground without a doubt. Yeah. But what <laughs> what I find cool is the fact that. You know, like, they're both murderers. They're both, both murders. 100%. Both psychopaths. And, and they're trying legitimately to justify the fact that they're murders mm-hmm. by saying, we only kill bad people. Unless mm-hmm. there's the occasional accident. But you find Vigilante to be that... And in episode four, and I mean, we can, I guess, go in and out of order. In episode four, Vigilante, the cool, which with... With which he delivers that line of, you know, if it wasn't for <laughs> rhythm and blues music, all that shit that you guys listen to would just be the sounds of your, you know, fucking your sister uh, type situation. Like I don't remember the exact line, but I was like, oh, was I love great. it. I was like, and I mean, he's literally delivering these fucking lines. Like, I'm like. Oh dear God, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I I also love with I think it's episode
1: two where he's like, listen, man, some people are calling you racist and it looks bad. because I'm hanging out with you because you <laughs> you gotta like you got your numbers. <laughs> he's like, yo, I'm not racist. I actually kill more white people.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I love about that too is the fact that you know they're constantly calling him racist and and you know. Obviously, knowing that he's related to the White Dragon, who's, like, one of the fucking big bads and all this other shit, you know, you get a lot of that, but at the same time, it's, like, the very, like, best relationship he's developed Mm
1: -hmm. is
0: with Amanda Waller's daughter. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, like, they have... Like, she warms up to him immediately, and he warms up to her immediately. And, you know that that's the kind of relationship where one will do anything for the other as a as series develops. Yep. You know what I mean? And I love that. And I also love the fact that I've always loved Amanda Waller as an anti-heroine character because Amanda Waller is like, <clears throat> talk about Ruthless. She's like Bruce Wayne sans the costume, like, but she'll fuck you up.
1: Yeah, I was like Amanda Waller's character because it's like in this fantastical world of superheroes. Here's like a real person, right? Who has to deal with this fantastical world, which technically you would be powerless and finding more power than anyone. Because no one acts with Amanda Waller. But
0: <laughs> but with but with Amanda Waller, what I love her with what I love about her in this particular <clears throat> show is that they didn't try to change the character Amanda Waller no Amanda Waller still up. straight up will kill you she will murder you she will fuck you up spit on you laugh and then move on about her day without giving it a th- second thought which I love about that character because you're right it is a fantastical world but in a two-minute scene not even a two-minute scene like a one-minute scene with her daughter they managed to humanize her to the point that just for a split second you like the character for reasons other than what you would like her and if you don't you still like her because she's a mother but they don't kill the character by making it look weak because they're not overexposing the character yeah which i fucking yeah. found to be amazing that's like brilliantly done
1: because yeah. <clears throat> yeah. even with the suicide squad because you have this feeling after and i like that they kind of showed this in the first episode that her losing of control of people that she technically would trust was not only harsh but harsh enough that she had to send her own daughter like you know like she's like i really need someone i can trust here and that is that little bit of humanizing you're like oh even amanda waller who always has these background plans and everybody has sacrifices really needs someone she could trust and she went to her own daughter so she felt really felt that she could trust her and i was like yeah that's actually a really cool little built bit of character building and plot that like you said again doesn't overuse the character doesn't like you know um misconstrue in any way from comics or anything else just gives her a little more and it's something so simple and small that uh james gunn did with that character and i think i like it because i like more of seeing that amanda waller more of like oh yeah this is serious enough and she needs someone to trust so much especially after that kind of betrayal of her team that she even sends in her own daughter that lets you know the seriousness and stakes of something right I- <laughs> it does
0: but at the same time and i love the fact that you said the c word and people by the by the c word i mean comics all right <laughs> <clears throat> um it's a c word uh mm-hmm. the other c word <laughs> so because this is a goddamn live comic and it is what it's supposed to be and if you know DC, you know that not every single character, like you have characters like Booster Gold and stuff like that, that aren't emotionally charged. Because DC has, on many more occasions than Marvel, gone dark in ways like one time there was a, a series of Green Arrow where they gave Speedy AIDS because he was a heroin addict. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So DC, DC can yeah. go dark in ways that Marvel never could even imagine of going dark, and that's a fact. And if you don't believe that, well, read every fucking issue. Of DC <clears throat> and see how DC handles societal issues as opposed to Marvel handling societal issues. I mean, DC was really. Marvel hints at it, DC just straight up dives into it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, this is a comic. And from the very beginning, the first episode, you see right away all the traits that made you hate um, Peacemaker are the same. Traits that are going to make you love him because this is an exploration of just Peacemaker. And every character around in this new team, this new Black Ops team that fucking gets put in this like shitty building somewhere. God (laughs) knows where. And they have Myrn, is Myrn his last name? What's Yes? Yeah, Myrn is his last name. So Myrn as a team lead, and Myrn to me is like such a fucking awesome character. I and I, based on what happened in the fourth episode, I'm really curious as to where they're gonna try to take it with that. But, and we'll jump into that a little bit later. But Mern, Mern just says shit with such so, like his that dude's delivery, is oh, yeah. insane. Oh yeah. I mean, lines like every time I turn around, some of you is doing something fucked up.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> But he says it in this way where you're like, man, I don't know if this guy's gonna go totally ninja and just fucking kill everybody, or what he's gonna do next. And, but he's like the father figure at the same fucking time. Like that is brilliantly done.
1: Yeah, and I love how he's balancing his. I'm trying to be more emotional and actually talk about my feelings because, yeah, no, I never used to do that. I would just, I would just kill you straight up for even asking me. That. Hey, hey, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan,
0: I'm cold. Are you really? Is cold a feeling? No, but I, you know, I'm not cold, but I saw it as an opportunity for growth. I mean, goddamn, dialogue like that, it just...
1: And, and it, and it flows so naturally. It makes you learn, and it makes you learn about the characters and get in and have these character moments that are actually character moments and growth that don't really take away from the show and add. Uh, which I is missing from so many shows and movies that
0: I've seen. Uh (laughs) Because I think that part of the problem with a lot of the shows that you see, and and this is, I think, somewhere where we we both definitely see eye to eye on this, a lot of the shows either don't take the source material closely enough, Mm -hmm. or they take the source material, splinter it some sort of way, and then they take it too damn seriously. Like, there are shows where you can
1: I'm just gonna say this let's put out another show here that's also an HBO Max part of the DCEU that takes itself way too seriously and could definitely use some character growth and humor Titans Titans could use this all day (laughs) please
0: I already have adult probably have an adult asthma case as a result of you making me watch Justice League do not (laughs) fucking remind (laughs) me of Titans okay that'll give me that'll that'll, that that fucking shit will give me a feline disease alright
1: but just to, just to just suppose that show would just have a character like Myrn be like, I have no emotions. Emotions are dark. Uh, emotion. Like, it would just be nothing. It would just be nothing to like, yeah, we get it. You don't got emotions. And it would just stay dark. And this, I think, had a good job of like... Yeah, Titans yeah, doesn't have any thing, fucking balance. But, yeah.
0: yeah. Titans Titans might have a light moment or the possibility for developing a relationship somewhere. And then all of a sudden they shit all over it by going super dark. Like, man, this guy killed that guy, and and this guy killed the other girl, and this girl lost her husband, and the husband is now in a dark place, and Bruce Wayne is fucking useless. Like, like, if you want to fucking joke around like that, do what Peacemaker did in episode 4, where he was talking about the fact that Batman is a complete fuck-up. I mean, that to me was hilarious. He's like, you know what? My villains are six feet under. Batmans are still alive. Why the fuck is that? And how many people are dead as a result?
1: Yeah. Because he had that comic book argument that we all have. Like, you know, in real life, it brings this humanity to this fantastical world through this regular team of people, which I really like. And it allows us to separate. But it allows us to separate.
0: But it allows us to separate, too, from that because it's like, you're not making. Okay. We would have that argument as readers of comic books. We would not have that argument as real people. You know what oh, I'm saying? I would, like, I have that so idea. it allows us to. Well, you might. Yeah, I could see you having that argument. Never mind. Um, I, what, what are you talking about? Batman was around after the tenth time Joker came out. I'd be like,
1: "Hi, right, Batman. Put a bullet in his head." Like, how many people need to die for you to? I, I literally would have. No, that conversation. I
0: must. I must. I must re- rehabilitate him. <laughs> Which fucking He-Man did that, and I'm pissed. But that's next week. Um, <laughs> I'm so pissed about that. That's, thank you for bringing that up. It's, it's an angry point. But for me, like, every character... And then they take away... Like, the one thing that makes superheroes sometimes hard to follow all the time is... You know, Bruce Wayne's a mega billionaire who owns satellite spaceships, and all this shit... And he's, like, unhappy. And I'm like, dude, you, you can't even just bid, like get a GameCube or something. and <laughs> Like, here, you have these fucking superheroes. And it's like, you know, they got problems. Like, <laughs> Peacemaker's about to get his phone caught off because it's been on for the last four years. <laughs> his trailer's all messed up. He clearly doesn't have insurance, and he depends on a VHS. <laughs> you know, um, what's it? Uh like, uh, Vigilante drives like a 96 Sebring.
1: Yeah, he's like, he's a Vigilante-mobile. You mean the Sebring? <laughs> that was a great line.
0: <laughs> but it doesn't take it so far that it makes it relatable. It just takes it far enough to where you're like, okay, I can sort of suspend my disbelief a little bit, but I don't have to go all the way in to do that. Like, I don't have to overinvest myself mentally
1: well, yeah, because I, I feel this series is grounded, though. Because, yeah. yeah, if you're not Bruce Wayne who has billions of dollars, but you still want to be a superhero in that world, if you can afford a Sebring, then you're driving a Sebring. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's all you can afford. It's not – he doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have money. And so vigilante's just kind of – and Peacemaker in the sense these are two very human people with very human problems even in this fantastical crazy world no one knows who peacemaker is and he has to remind people all the time They're like wait who are you and then he has to talk about that oh yeah you're that asshole <laughs> and Like he's like oh man like <laughs> a very recognizable thing that i think i think it has a lot of heart and humanity uh that i really needed. that's why i really like this show
0: uh, even but, but it's silly like too man it's silly
1: and well, I yeah, love the, the silliness.
0: I love the silliness of it. Like, today oh, he's having, like, um, during episode four, he's having that fight with uh, with Judo Master. And, like, he's getting sort of the better with Judo Master. But at the same time, let's be fair, Judo Master had already been hit, like, 18 times with a fucking crowbar by uh, Economist. You know? <clears throat> uh, and also um, drug. And also, drugs. Dude. So, you know, it's <laughs> obviously an even fight now. <clears throat> Which shows you that if you master judo, it doesn't matter how small you are, you can still beat up John Cena. Yes, um,
1: because uh, masters can move their kidney to their hearts. And <laughs> hopefully their <they're blown. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> That's such a dumb joke. <laughs> but,
0: but dude, it's like he's not joking about it. He's like legitimately serious. He's like, yeah, these guys are hardcore shit. You know, they, they could totally move their shit. And... The fact that he's also getting the butterfly and the butterfly seem to be like the bad, the bads here, high as well. And the butterfly almost seems to feel empathy for him mm. in the closing scene. And I know we're giving away a lot of episode four, but look, there's so much to unpack here that we, we're not going to be able to do it in one podcast. No, no, not at all. Like, it really, I don't know, man. It just shows like, like Peacemaker's just, he's, he's a cool idiot. He's an idiot. Yes.
1: Oh, a hundred percent.
0: But he's trying to make it better for himself. And like, how do you make? What's the one thing that you would do to make a douchebag like that actually likable and heartwarming? You give him an even bigger, more impossible to redeem mentor figure. In this case, his father, the White Dragon. Who you're like, okay, I okay. look, you know what? I forgive you. This dude's an asshole. Like, I want to kill him, you yeah. know? And I think Patrick, Robert Patrick, holy shit, what a great job he does.
1: I, know. I, I agree 100%. And I think Peacemaker is good at showing, and James Gunn is at the best for this for characters. And we've been giving James Gunn, when it comes to superheroes, uh, outside of super, outside of this, you know, before he got the big budget Marvels and everything else, uh, outside of that, they've been giving him a lot of ensemble casts, right with a bunch of people he has to manage and this one is a good example of james gunn being able to be like you love all my characters i'm really good at character work now let me show you why because i can take one character and show you all that growth and potential and that silly and humorness that he's known for and really put him through that and we got that a lot of bloodshot and suicide squad and now taking that to really just peacemaker uh we're now getting that as well and I think it's really, really good, because we're getting real character growth. And I want to say this, real character growth. And it's not like overnight I mean. character growth where Peacemaker just wakes up and now he's not a douche. He's still a douche. He's learning how to not be a little douchey, um, but he's, still, he's just a douche, right? And that takes a while to not be a douche. And even when he's not being a douche, he's a douche, because that's just who he is. <laughs> I know I'm using douche a lot. If you've seen the show, you understand the duciness that comes off uh, that he does with everything, but yeah, but it's lovable kind of at first right? like not at first, but more as it goes along and the more that he learns and actually grows, his doofiness, you're actually like, yeah, I'm actually liking you because you're actually growing as a character, and I feel like a lot of TV shows are forgetting that thing about character growth like, you know, like that actual character growth uh, and, and I feel this show Excels like at it so well. For everyone. Even Vigilante. I, I get to even see character growth in Vigilante. It makes me love him more.
0: I mean... Let me give you a good example of, of a show that I thought has missed opportunities doing that. Batwoman is a perfect example. If you watch Batwoman, they've had, this season, so many opportunities to, like, really develop big bads. Where... <clears throat> The show overarchs to a degree, but they don't fully develop their big bads. And so you have maybe one or two characters that you're invested in, but at the same time you're like, I, I can't... I can't see any credibility in you. Like, yeah. you have Lucius Fox's son who's supposed to be Batwing, and they're not really giving him the opportunity to grow as Batwing. Instead, they they just make him kind of like an easily bullied dude that without the suit is just a punk that knows a lot of things not a punk but you know just defenseless and and the problem with that is you know it becomes monotonous it becomes repetitive yes and it's it it's at that point in time it's completely formulaic because look i'm you know you're busy creating 18 to 20 episodes for a network. And I understand that because that's still the network formula. You rarely see shows because, you know, they have to fill all this time for sponsors and, you know, and adverse and all that stuff that you rarely ever see shows that are, are any less than, you know, 13 episodes is very low, actually. It's a very low number. I'm surprised that Black Lightning um was able to go all four seasons just doing 13 episodes per season but that's what actually made it a really good show every character grew yep. from episode one to episode last yep that's what made black lightning special yep. that's also the lack of that is what's killing a lot of other shows either yeah, that it's a t- yeah
1: they take character traits and that's just it but you can't do that you
0: shouldn't do that like and my problem for example is you know with titans it's like they have the opportunity Mm -hmm. but it's like no we're gonna go dark i gotta say i went from loving nightwing to if i ever saw if nightwing was a real real person Nightwing, to me, is like COVID in that if Nightwing were a real person and I saw him on the street right now, I'd beat the shit out of him just because he pisses me off so much because he's an asshole.
1: And that shouldn't be with Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is awesome. best Robin. And Nightwing is amazing. Uh, and eventually <laughs> he does
0: become Batman in some incarnations. So it's like, why are you taking these characters that have have, have so much more potential than what you're giving them? It's fine if you want to run them as an ensemble, the Titans are an ensemble, but a lot of times you have to explore relationships further than what you're doing in this show. And it's like, one day you're talking about Dick Grayson's relationship with the blonde girl, and then another day you're talking about, you know, Starfire, and this, and like, you're never figuring out where you want that overarching story to be. Doom Patrol, on the other hand, does this beautifully. Like, they got that relationship down to a fucking science. It is brilliant the way they write it, and, and you and I have talked about this on millions of times
1: character growth versus character traits doom patrol is concerned about how their characters grow and titans is concerned about character traits like dick grayson's a womanizer so that's all we do he just womanizes people it's like oh but
0: but here's my question but here's my question it's like is it because these are the these are the heroes that we know right and they're in the fancy suits and they're in the fancy houses. It's almost like the less known the hero is, the, most, the more obscure the comic is to the broader consuming public, the more able you are to develop that because you as a viewer, if you've never seen the comic, if you've only heard about it, you only know what you're seeing and what you're seeing is a full-on development of that character. ...and full-on growth over the seasons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With with this show... You gave me an intro to the guy... ...in Suicide Squad... ...and like I said... ...I was afraid of it too... ...because I'm like... ...man, I, I fucking hate this character... ...this guy's a total yeah. villain.
1: Yeah, I thought he was a douchebag.
0: And I'm like... oh, ...I love this motherfucking idiot... ...like I just want to give him a hug... ...I feel so bad for him... ...because he's so sad on the inside... And at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, fuck. Look at his fucking father. He's a racist piece of shit. And they go out of their way to make you understand that the dude is a complete asshole. Yeah, like, the but worst. But they
1: also don't excuse Peacemaker of his own actions.
0: No. <clears throat>
1: like, yeah. And that's what I like, too. Because it's not like, well, your father was a douche or you're just a victim of circumstances. <clears throat> they, they go, yeah, your circumstances were Correct. They were shit. No, you were, were definitely
0: going to be a psychopath, but you are also a psychopath and a killer, and, and there's no excusable yeah. way... For you to do what you do.
1: You know, like, they don't... Yeah. And that's what I like. They don't let him off the hook for being Peacemaker, which makes, again, the series feel more real, more grounded, in real characters, Because he actually has to figure out, wait, people don't love me. They hate me. Why? Oh, it's me. Right? It's not my dad. <laughs> but people, but what I, I love,
0: I'm... too, and DC does this a lot better than Marvel, I think, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Argus are both incredibly amoral organizations that are objective-driven. S.H.I.E.L.D. always errs on the side of let's have these superheroes, but it's still amoral. And so when those debates are had, they want to make it seem like S.H.I.E.L.D.'s like the nice guys. They're not. They're dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Argus are dicks too, but they're keenly aware of the fact that they're dicks. And they tell you right away, look, we're dicks and we're going to do whatever it takes to to do whatever it takes to keep the world safe. Because we live in this fantastical world of superheroes, which can also be highly dangerous for us common folk. So if I need to have a kryptonite suppository, alright, and shove it up Superman's ass when he's sleeping butt naked in the Fortress of Solitude whilst recovering so that he doesn't go rogue then that's what I have to do. It might not seem right to shove a suppository of kryptonite up Superman's ass while he's sleeping in the Fortress of Solitude. But if you don't do it that way, guess what? You have no other shot. You have zero shot at beating Superman because he is practically a god. And they're clear about that. And Amanda Waller is clear in that objective, which is why you don't have to love her... But you're not going to hate her... You're yep. not going to fucking hate Amanda Waller... You're like... Amanda Waller will say shit... That's deep and profound... And it'll leave you thinking... Like there was a line in... Um, and I know I'm veering a little bit... But there was a line in Batman... Um, when they're doing the, the the finale for Batman Beyond... In Justice League... Remember that where they jump into the future... Yep. Terry making is like his 40s or whatever... And they say... And Amanda Waller says look... Um, me and Bruce never saw eye to eye, but I never knew anyone that cared as much about his fellow man as Bruce Wayne did. So you knew that she had a noble objective, and that objective had to have zero limits. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about this, because they are all amoral. These are all amoral characters. Fucking, this guy beats Judo Master in episode three, was it? With, <clears throat> you know, the, the nerdiest guy, fake beard. Um, yep economist, beats the fucking guy with a crowbar. And he starts like feeling super proud of himself of the fact that he just nearly beat a man half his size, who could kick his ass obviously, with a fucking crowbar to near death. And he's feeling proud about that. That is not normal behavior. None of these people engage in typical normal behavior. <clears throat> the only character that brings it back to a degree of normalcy That serves as a counter to everybody is waller's daughter yeah but as a normal character she also has counters like hmm, what's the girl's name the blonde girl what's her fucking name uh harcourt that's what they call harcourt yeah she balances her out by saying you gotta do what you gotta do
1: yep and not in the nice way that guard in episode three yeah she's like but we gotta kill him this is this is the job the job like you can't you can't know our face you can't know that we were here Like,
0: <laughs> but as, at the same time they're saying like they're giving you reasons like you know they had such fucked up childhoods all of them apparently that this is why they are the way they are does it excuse it no like you said it's not excusable behavior it's amoral atypical behavior that's done for quote-unquote the greater good and the show explores that with such a brilliant comedic tone and it pulls you away from that because I don't know about you but lately if I watch a superhero movie I feel like I'm gonna go to a dark place like I'm gonna expect some crazy shit to happen where it's not the ending that I was hoping for maybe because you know it's that's the one thing that's closer to source material there's a greater sacrifice you have people dying all this stuff like they try to explore that in a dramatic context. So it puts you in, not in a dark mood, but you're like, you're not expecting really to laugh all that much. Mm-hmm. I can't stop myself from fucking laughing at almost everything that I see. Like, I get happy when I know I'm going to watch this fucking thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Eagly. I love Oh, Eagly. my they God. Had an eagle hug someone. They had an eagle hug someone. <laughs> Which I thought was amazing. And the fact that his dad didn't want to take a picture, I was like, yo, you're a dick. And Eagle just hugged him. That is fucking miracle. He can go viral on TikTok in a second. Uh- <laughs> I mean, dude, like,
0: to me, the whole Eagly thing, like, and, that, and again, it, it goes back to this timing is everything. Eagly comes in when it's fucking necessary. Like, when they're yeah. closing, I think it was episode one, all of a sudden, you know, he's in his underwear, there's this big hole in the ground. And <laughs> eagle <laughs> drops a possum next yep. to Peacemaker and just kind of offers it to him like, here, have a possum. I don't really know your problems because I'm an eagle and you're human. But possums possums make me feel better because I'm an eagle.
1: <laughs>
0: and I mean, as a creative, like these are the fucking discussions that you need to have. Like, what's the most fucking situation that you could ever imagine. Muscled up dude after an explosion in his underwear, sitting next to an eagle. Yep. And then, where and and the continuity of this show is amazing because they don't they don't close any episode out where you're like I don't know where this is gonna end up next episode no each episode is a continuation of the next so it's a really congruent very consistent story where like it comes up to episode 2 and he's fucking climbing up the stairs in his underwear with the helmet on which holy shit what an image that is Yep. right (laughs) and she's like focus you pervert (laughs) you know he goes back in, and then instead of just getting the papers and getting dressed, he's fucking stealing records, it's cookie molds. It. I mean, holy shit! Holy shit! And then he ends up with this couple, and like the girl falls in love with him, and basically <laughs> their marriage. But these touches
1: make the world feel so real in a way that I would say. Um, Cause even something Fantastic Suicide Squad, right? You're, you're you're on the squad, and it's just a fantastical world, right? We just it's a superhero world, whatever. Let me get used to it. But Peacemaker fit makes the world feel so real. Like it's just these real people with these real craziness going on. <laughs> and just kind of dealing with it to even the point he's stealing records, cause he ain't got money. We just saw how broke he was. He ain't got money. He can't buy records. And he's stealing wanted.
0: LPs, man. These are fucking LPs.
1: Yeah. So, you know, he's stealing money. You got people going through a divorce. And, yeah, a costume person comes up. And I like the husband's like, yo, obviously he's a professional. He got an outfit and everything. Like, you know, like we know this stuff. We live in this world. But but you
0: know what, though? What really fucking stood out to me about that scene wasn't even that. It's like, you know, you're clearly in love with this, like, super cool, super handsome. Like, at that point, you got the husband sort of, like, seeding his masculinity and almost... Talking oh, about... If
1: the police didn't show up, that was going to be a, uh, 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 you know... A he was going to watch.
0: He was going to watch yeah. intently. Like, oh, yeah. he was going to was... watch.
1: Oh, yeah. He was getting ready for it. It was like, oh, yeah, we, let's do this. Like, like.
0: But then in episode... I think it's... In, is it an episode one? No, episode two where at the end, close to the end, he's in a bed with her. And, yes. And, and, and vigilante. And vigilante. And Vigilante has his mask on. And <laughs> the, right there. Oh my god. I started yeah, laughing so wrong. hard. Because here's the thing. You know, and look, I, I don't want to, you know, but we live in a world where kinks are a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine people having kinks where one dude's dressed as a superhero and they're, you know, they're sandwiching the girl or whatever. Or whatever like it doesn't matter man Which, whatever what you do you do you whatever's good for you right but i'm like that moment felt so inherently real you're like holy shit this is
1: literally this and vigilante has the best line right after that though he's like i can't believe they legalized that shit if this was 2 years ago i would have shut shot you both in
0: these. the face
1: <laughs> <laughs> just to show you how he's a psychopath still to be like Yo, man, that's your friends. What like, but, but dude, he's like,
0: he's, he's, like, offended of all <laughs> yeah. things. He's not offended that they're sharing a girl in a tight bed with a, Nothing. clearly, with a huge muscular dude.
1: Obviously an adult to her, because she, she's cheating on her. Like, yeah, doesn't care.
0: You don't find any of that offensive. You just find the weed offensive. It's like, holy shit, man, this is great, because... Like that's the kind of thing that you would, in a real in a real world scenario. That is the kind of thing that you would actually see and hear. It's like, holy crap, that, man! This is uh, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. And right. like the one the, at the one point where where he's um, outside his job, his real his day job. Um, <clears throat> what's his a vigilante? is outside bus his day boy, job. Yeah. yeah, as a bus boy. And then he's celebrating. He's like, oh yeah, man! You know, it's like. The guy comes out and he's so socially awkward. And this is what I love about these specific characters. Like you said, the social awkwardness. He's trying to figure out what he's going to say. And rather, because he seems almost like excited, like in an almost sexual way that, you know, like peacemakers coming out of of jail. Like that's what gets. He's one friend, the one person who can understand him. The one person that can understand them. And what gets him excited is the fact that he could kill. And go on all these missions with his buddy, like that's what turns him on, which shows that you can be driven by anything in life. That's really your choice. And and and, and, and in terms of like the things that drive you, like actually drive you, you know. <clears throat> and he sh- and then all of a sudden the guy's asking him, he's like, "Yeah, you know, it was, it was my girlfriend. Her name is uh, Susan. Well, no, not Susan Sarandon. Um, oh, uh, Sharon Osborne. Not a relation. She's it's not the same Sharon. I'm just like." Then why do you always keep asking about my sister? Oh, no, it's just she's pregnant and she's going to have an abortion. Like, would you like to come? He's like, no, I really wouldn't (laughs) want to come to your abortion. And that line is delivered. Like everything in that exchange is delivered with such perfect precision. And the camera work gets the physical reactions of the characters. It's like that cringe ass moment. You're like, oh, my
1: God. I love it because it also, I also am the big believer of, like, yeah, man, honestly, if a lot of this comic book stuff was real, it would be comical, like, right? Like, these superheroes would be comical. Imagine right now you met someone dressing in tights going, like, oh, I'm going to protect the world. You'd be like, all right, man, you freaking crazy asshole. Like, it would be comical. You'd probably laugh at that person, and you they probably would have a screw loose. In order to do things the way that they do it. Dressing up in tights and everything else. That's just its weird. Right? Like, that's just weird.
0: It is weird. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not weird if you're having sexy time. Tights are sexy, man. I don't know. Like, fucking spandex. There's just something. Look, I'm going to... Since oh, we're listen, talking about kinks and shit... I was
1: wearing my thermals
0: yesterday, okay? And my thermals are very tight. And I was wearing them
1: around the house. I, I get that. I'm a, I'm a tights fan. I'm, right? I'm a tights fan, too. And... But if I was dressed in my tights and my thermals with my junk hanging out and trying to fight crime, people would be laughing at me, man.
0: (laughs) Well, first of all, let me tell you what's wrong with that. You got your junk hanging out. The first thing some criminal is going to do is either shoot you in the balls or stab you through the penis. That is a fact. That is scientifically proven. Not really, but I'm just saying that if if there were studies done about how many times people with thermals have been shot in the junk and stabbed in the penis, the numbers would be staggering. It'd be like three. Three to zero.
1: Yeah. Well, Probably I mean, be the same I,
0: person, I, I'm though. I'm assuming,
1: speaking of junk, that Peacemaker would have his junk shut off since he's always hanging Don. uh <laughs> Talking about his dick.
0: <laughs> I love the fact that he talks about his dick with such a lack of self-awareness and, and like... <laughs> And then oh, Amanda yeah, Waller's a... girlfriend sends her a picture of her vagina. Oh yeah, that was—that's great, but that's great human
1: workplace comedy moments. Like crap, I didn't know like iPhone does that, and that's happened to me. Not with like iPhones, I don't own an iPhone. Yeah, that's right, Team Google, baby. Uh, Android all that. Yeah, day. I
0: think I'm going to be moving <laughs> to that team by the way. Cause I'm pretty fucking tired of iPhone, but
1: you know, but like that's a real human moment. Like you can see, like oh crap, a picture slipped in. I'm having relationship problems. Like sorry, like you know, like
0: (laughs) look, there is a sense, all right. Yeah, I mean you can talk to any sex therapist about this, and this is just a moment for us for anybody that's having relationship problems. Experimenting with um, remote intimacy Mm. can be, you know, like good for long term sexy time. It really can't. And they're really talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're not dedicating enough time to the relationship. Because they still got, I think, like four episodes to go. And you got to develop all these characters. So it's hard each time. They have to figure in a way to not let you forget that Amanda Waller's daughter is having a relationship. And she's trying to salvage that relationship. But at the same time finds herself more and more drawn to her job which yes. is like a killer for any relationship, marriage or, or you know, how many marriages have you seen that were fucking killed as a result of, of one career being too sacrificed? How many relationships have you seen that were killed as a result of that or, or that had a hard time as a result of that? I mean, it happens you know, it, it really happened? happens and yep. you're cheering for them to go on but the mounting pressures are there so you have this subtlety where she sends her a picture, and it's a picture of the <laughs> while doing a presentation.
1: Oh, it's so great. It's so great.
0: It's such a great... a little moment. It's so it's great. A, it's such a small... Great. Just a minute moment. But even her relationship, like, I got a good sense of what her relationship was like, and she loves her girlfriend, and she's talking about, man, we should definitely name our daughter Octopussy, so it's like making fun of the spy world kind of situation... Yeah. And, like, I love that. <laughs> I, I fucking love everything about that. And, again, it adds the human element, but it doesn't fucking overdo it. Yeah. You know? And it's funny because, it like, when they're killing the butterflies, Peacemaker is like, he's like, I need my white, my white double piece. Like, if I don't have my double piece, I can't fucking do this. And it's like, he's contradicting the fact that he's willing to kill men, women, and children... Because he will well, not kill kids. Well, he's having
1: PTSD. Because you still, I like that, the fallout from Rick Flagg, of killing Rick Flagg, who was one of his heroes. You know what I mean? And so when he looked up to that last moment of like, <laughs> oh, man, um, I don't, you know, that peacemaker, what a joke that keeps playing in his head. Kind of like PTSD. He's like, I'm really trying to figure out who I am. Like, this is a searching growth for who he is as a person. Does he really want to keep killing indiscriminately? Because what did that get him? alone in a hospital bed with no one liking him. Like, you know? What I mean? That's where it got. Me. Which, it really which
0: I love too, when they when they first surrounded him in the trailer and they go in and then Amanda Waller's daughter who's really one of the very best characters. Oh dear god. There's such an there's like two things to that character. Like our ridiculously lovable in- innocence and almost gullibility that comes with never having killed, but this underlying "I will fuck you up in so many ways" darkness that outdoes any character because you know she's capable of it. It's been hinted at. It's yes. so, been hinted just at. Because
1: we're running out of time, I, I want to talk about that. Give me your wild prediction for the series, and everyone, we're gonna come back when this series <sighs> is probably done. And talk about it more because I love the series. So I'll probably talk about it when it's all wrapped up and done. Uh, just to say that I'm gonna convince Rick.
0: Uh- <laughs> oh, you don't need it to, won't convince feel hard to convince me. Yeah. Oh, you convinced me, dude. You had me at before you even talked about this. Yeah. So, so
1: but let's unlike
0: Masters it. of the um, Universe, I can see why you're avoiding this, Jonathan. We will, will no, have this talk. I'm not avoiding talk. it. I'm not avoid you're it. avoiding I promise
1: it. We'll do this probably closer than what we did with He-Man as we were supposed to do this forever ago. But <laughs> I promise, we'll do this one on time. But let's do some <laughs> wild predictions and theories. Go at it. Give me some for this series. I, if you want me to start, I got one. Are you ready? Leota, who is Amanda Waller's daughter, has killed before, is totally like more evil than we think she is. And a lot of this is an act for the group. Because I think her undercoverness... Because Amanda Waller's been like, you're wasting all your skills. And the way she has Digilani ready to kill Peacemaker's dad with like so simply, like I really feel like there's more to her than that what we imagine. And also, her wife's a butterfly. Just I'm calling those two things right now.
0: That's awesome. Um, that, that's it. And I could see that now that you mentioned. Actually, looking back, I could totally see that.
1: <clears throat> it's wild speculation and theories. I don't know if I'm right. This is just me guessing everyone out there. So don't, when you watch the end, be like, you were wrong, you don't know anything. I'm just speculating with everybody else.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Butterflies aren't evil, and Judo Master is going to eventually join the team because he's just too prevalent in the opening scene not to.
1: Okay, I feel you. You know. So what do you think they are if they're not evil? What do you think they are?
0: I think... They're an alien race that's um, trying to save their livelihoods somehow. I don't 100% know because I haven't actually done any background research on that. And I remember ever reading a comic book about the butterflies, really honestly, so I, I don't know. But <clears throat> they're an alien race trying to save their species, and that's not 100% clearly laid out. And Judo Master would be a central figure to that. That's think, sort of where I'm at.
1: So I think the butterflies, I, agree <clears throat> too, I don't think they're evil. I actually think they're trying to stop a different alien invasion that's probably happening. I feel like they're placing themselves to actually. I don't know if this is true. Again, this is wild speculation. I also agree with Rick. I don't think they're evil. No. But I think there's another big bad lurking that the butterflies are trying to stop.
0: I, to your point, I think that that big bad either will be set up later on or will have something to do with White Dragon.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I think I so. I didn't see that. All right. So, uh, we'll come back, talk more about Peacemaker. We, talk, we could talk about this for like four hours, honestly. Oh, God, uh, dear God. Could I uh, ever. Uh, I, yeah. I love Peacemaker. And if you've gotten this far and you haven't <clears throat> seen it, go well, see it. Just, just see it. Uh, it is it is absolutely great. Now, some other news uh, that's going on here before before we end. I have to say this, and I don't know if you've heard this news. This is pretty new, uh, but there is going to be a Godzilla MonsterVerse series that's coming to Apple TV Plus. Uh, and I say that because, as you know, Rick and I are big fans of kaiju movies. Yes. Big fans of the Godzilla uh, of the Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Uh, so, I, I, I'm i super excited for this. And when this comes out, we'll probably do something about it. But also, to see Godzilla kick more King Kong ass.
0: Um, First of all, in 1975, Jimmy Castor, a very talented musician, released the King Kong song. And that shit is funky, and it's awesome, and it shows you why King Kong can get down with the best of them. And by the way, before Godzilla ever beat Kong, Kong kicked Godzilla's ass with his awesome... Japanese kaiju powers that were given to him in Japan. Alright? So More I'm just saying it. they've had they've they had two fights. This is gonna be powers. the trilogy.
1: They, they made a <clears throat> and gave him powers for that first fight. I'm just saying. Because they were like, yo, mm-hmm. King Kong got nothing. And I'm gonna say this: Denzel Washington beat King Kong. Denzel Washington done said, King Kong
0: ain't got shit on me. You know so what he said? You know what happened? Denzel beat him, and you know what happened? And you know what happened after he dared with that arrogance? First of all, he got shot in the ass right before he got shot everywhere else, mm-hmm. and then just
1: like Godzilla, I mean, just like King Kong. In the original King Kong, he <laughs> got shot in the ass in New York City on top of the Empire State Building, and then he got shot everywhere
0: else. And then, so. and then he got an Oscar because that was one of the best fucking delivered lines ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> tomato, tomato. That's just I'm saying on that because I love Denzel. <laughs> so don't be talking shit about Denzel. He's one of my heroes.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, and I know um, well I'm forgetting the name of it I have not watched that new Macbeth one that he's in yet um, it's on my list
0: have you ever uh, watched Roman J. Israel Esquire actually that's going to be my recommendation Roman J. Israel Esquire and it's, it's a few years old but I can never get over just how fucking good that movie is so please watch Roman J. Israel Esquire amazing movie Amazing,
1: yes. I, and I agree with you, of course. So <clears throat>
0: but then again, you could put Denzel Washington in front of just a green screen and just shoot him in front of a green screen, and somehow he'll make that shit work. Yes, like that's just how good that dude is.
1: So you're telling me you want him in this MonsterVerse series, right, where he gets to be on a green screen, talk about how King Kong ain't got shit on Godzilla? I agree with you. That is the show I want to see. And
0: then, and then he's also gonna say, "But I'm Denzel." And fucking Godzilla ain't got shit on me, and I'm going to go take a shit on Godzilla, and Godzilla's just going to enjoy it. And Godzilla oh, de- is going to roll over and enjoy Denzel's feces all up on Godzilla's face, okay? Because, again, you're talking about one of the greatest, if not the very greatest, actor of our time. So don't get it twisted, my friend. Don't get it twisted. You know what? You know
1: what movie I want to see now? What team up I want to see? Denzel and Eagley that's all I want to see now. Oh my God! <laughs> I want to see Denzel, and I want to see each other. <clears throat> <laughs> Let's go.
0: <laughs> training day two. Denzel comes back as Alonzo, but he's training like members of the Black Ops team from the DC universe from Argus, because he's like the only person that's as amoral as Amanda Waller, <clears throat> only more so. And Eagly is his partner.
1: <laughs> That's it. I mean, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm down for Eagly and Denzel. I'm literally down for Eagly and Denzel. <laughs> I think they make an Equalizer three. and needs a crossover in the GCEU universe where Eagly helps them out.
0: That's all I'm saying. I I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Denzel Denzel is Equalizer oh. three with Eagly. <laughs> That's over. <laughs> We'll
1: write it for you. Don't worry. Who, who, who produced that? Whichever one. Hollywood, come and talk to us. We'll write that for you. Denzel Eagley. It's, it's literally 1000000 multi-million dollar idea. This movie is going to make so and much And no,
0: we're not going to bring Chris Noth into the Equalizer film. He is a terrible person. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, with that said, next week we'll finally wrap up, He-Man. Uh, that's what we're going to do next week. I promise. Unless something else gets in the way.
0: Uh, I'll push Hey, Jonathan, I'm going to wrap up He-Man right now. I have the power, 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 power. Power, 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 P-O-W-E-R. I have it. Power. Did I say that enough times? Because I feel like I didn't hear it enough times.
1: Well, yes. Well, my response to that, of course, is only...
0: That's how it is. Uh. <laughs> All right everyone, we'll see you next week. <laughs> see on you next CineMagic. week on Stellar Magic. Thanks for joining us everyone.